Steve Palmer here with Lawyer Talk. Time for another episode of our Lawyer Talk Q&A, where we take questions uh, submitted on my website for the podcast, lawyertalkpodcast.com, also at my law firm, ohiolegaldefense.com, or questions I get maybe on the radio at 99.7 The Blitz when I do uh, their phone-in legal questions, uh, or even calls at the law firm or just stuff that uh, people talk to me about and ask me about. Sometimes I turn those into questions here at the Lawyer Talk Q&A. The idea is uh, we have been doing these long-form podcasts, which I humbly think are awesome, uh, for a long time now. But uh, often we answer the questions buried in that podcast, and it's difficult for people to get a quick answer. So uh, what we're going to do here in this series, or what we have been doing, rather, is taking the questions in bite-sized chunks, releasing them on their own, so you can uh, consume this uh, very awesome, relevant information and do what you will with it, but it won't take you forever. So... Uh, without further ado, we'll get to the next question. This is from Andrew. This came on uh, the LawyerTalkPodcast.com website. And uh, it actually originated on the Blitz 99.7, uh, where I take uh, Wednesday questions with Randy and Loper here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but uh, the question had to do with placing GPS devices on someone's car without them knowing. And uh, whether that was permissible, well, how's that work, what are the rules, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this is an interesting question because it raises, um, like so many other legal questions, it raises all sorts of other implications. And what I'm talking about here is the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment says that the government has to have a warrant before it conducts any searches and seizures. So they can't come into your house, in theory, without a warrant. They can't uh, stop your car uh, without some sort of uh, reason. Now, I, I didn't say warrant when I said stop your car. I said without a reason. Because the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, has analyzed this Fourth Amendment warrant requirement over the last couple hundred years and tried to figure out what it uh, what it really means. And in a nutshell, here's uh, what it comes down to. The court will look at somebody's reasonable expectation of privacy in the place or thing to be searched. What the heck does that mean? Well, I don't really know. Uh, well, I sort of do. Here's what that means. Uh, in your house, courts have determined that you have the most expectation of privacy. Like you, you, a house is your home. It's your castle. Uh, that's where you go. You lock the doors. That's where you stay safe at night, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, then it, 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 that's where you have the most expectation of privacy, where you would not expect government intrusion, uh, where that certainly would require a warrant to enter. Of course, not always. We don't need to get into that, but there are some exceptions. Um, and then you know, you can just sort of take it from there down the path to things that would uh, you you would have a less expectation of privacy in. And in this situation with GPSs on cars, we're talking about motor vehicles, cars. When you're driving on the road, the Supreme Court of the United States has said that uh, you're you do have some expectation of privacy, but not like you do in your home. Therefore, for instance, they can justify stopping your car without a warrant. Now, That doesn't mean that they can just stop your car for no reason. It just means they can stop your car without first getting a warrant. And in a seminal case uh, back in 1979, I believe it was, uh, and I think the case was Delaware versus Prouse, P-R-O-U-S-E, the U.S. Supreme Court said, and I'm quoting from memory, a police stop of a motor vehicle is a significant intrusion that requires justification under the Fourth Amendment. What the heck does that mean? That means they got to have some reason. Generally, that's a pretty simple uh, standard to meet. Somebody is committing a traffic violation like speeding, the police pull them over, and it's justified. It gets a little more dicey, though, when there's not a traffic violation uh, and the police see other suspicious conduct that might justify a stop of a car, and 
And uh, I think in Delaware versus Prowse, I'm pretty sure that the the patrolman or the cop uh, didn't see anything. Uh, there was no violation, and there was nothing he could describe or point to. Uh, so uh, here's the bottom line. The takeaway there is that uh, you can't just stop a car. Cops can't just stop cars for no good reason uh, or even on an inarticulate hunch. Uh, they got to have reasonable suspicion. That's fancy talk for saying they got to be able to point to some facts that made them think there was some sort of crime uh, going on. Now, what does this have to do in turn with uh, GPS devices? Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, it, it, there was a long time when GPS devices first came out when I was practicing law. I even had clients show up at my uh, in my office with a GPS device in their hand. They would put it on my conference table and say, what's this? And I said, well, that's interesting. That's a GPS device. And uh, it's probably not from your employer. It's probably from uh, the federal government or some other law enforcement task force agency, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and we would make a couple calls, and sure enough, uh, there was this cat and mouse game going on, and the gig was up. My client knew that they were being surveilled, so to speak. So why the question is, how and why was that device put on the car? Why were the feds able to do that? And until 2013-ish, I think, uh, maybe 2012, I can't recall exactly. Hold on, we can look it up. It looks like 2012, 2012. Uh, it was yet unclear whether the police could just put a uh, GPS tracking device on somebody's car. You know, the idea is, uh, what's your reasonable expectation of privacy in your car? And the court had already said before, well, it doesn't require a warrant. You can pull a car over for just uh, observing a traffic violation, for instance. Uh, it requires less than probable cause, which is more than reasonable suspicion. Um, that's sort of like the old Fletch, who's, uh, who's Rita, well, my secretary, who are you, Rita's boss? I mean, it says nothing, but just uh, take it this way. Um, probable cause is more justification than reasonable suspicion. Leave it at that. So the government was arguing, wait a minute, you know, we don't need any probable cause to get a warrant to stick a GPS device on somebody's car. I mean, after all, they have a lessened expectation of privacy in that car and even lesser, lesser in the undercarriage of the car where we're sticking the, the device. Um well, this, as you might imagine, went all the way up the court system and landed in the U.S. Supreme Court in a case called United States versus Jones. And again, that was 2012. And in that case, our holy ones wearing black robes determined that, and I quote, installation of a GPS device on a target's vehicle and its use of that device to monitor the vehicle's movements constitutes a search under the Fourth Amendment. And the extension of that is, if it is a search under the Fourth Amendment, uh, that requires probable cause. And an extension of that, uh, in order to have a probable cause finding, generally speaking, you have to have a search warrant in advance where you go to a judge or magistrate, ask them uh, to give you a warrant to stick a magnetic GPS device on the undercarriage of a suspect's car. Uh, and by you, I mean the police have to do that. Uh, now, what is necessary to get a warrant? Well, that all depends. I mean, usually the police will have some facts and circumstances they can swear to in an affidavit or provide testimony about uh, to justify why they think uh, the intrusion is necessary. And if the court agrees with them, they're going to issue a warrant and let the police stick the magnetic GPS tracking device on the suspect's car. Now, there's a couple other quick things we should discuss. Uh, one has to do with how the court came to that conclusion, because we started talking about reasonable expectations of privacy. Going way back to a case called Katz, the U.S. Supreme Court historically analyzed uh, Fourth Amendment questions in terms of uh, property rights and your expectation of privacy and property rights and whether the police were trespassing 
on property rights. Well, uh, to, for reasons we don't need to get into, the Jones decision uh, was sort of a, a shift away from that, uh, and maybe necessarily so because we started. It's, this was the emergence of what I'll call electronic searches, where we have GPS tracking, where we have uh, location services tracking. Now we're talking. Uh, the latest issue is going to be something called geofence searches, which is uh, maybe the police getting your your Google information or your information from Google about where you've been uh, by tracking your phone and where the phone has pinged towers and getting the GPS coordinates from Google with or without your knowledge. Uh, that's going on right now. If you didn't know it, it is. Um, so it, it, maybe this was a necessary departure. We're, we've entered an era where we don't just have physical property rights. We have virtual property rights in our storage media, in our cell phones, in our locations, uh, in uh, courts have applied the Jones analysis to GPS is stuck on persons or stuck on people's person, their body. Uh, and th- this is unfolding and this is uh, emerging. This is evolving, maybe is the best way to say it. In the classic common law tradition, courts are applying the standards they develop uh, to the next best latest thing and coming up with the uh, next analysis. This is what the common law does. This is why I fell in love with the law back in college, studying the history of the common law and how it is not concrete. It's not statutory. It evolves. It changes. Um, it, it is designed to uh, to adapt to the times, so to speak. But it is also designed to do so slowly. And there, there's two competing interests. One, the law should change to match what's going on in the world, but it shouldn't change too quickly because we want to be able to rely on the law to uh, guide our conduct in the future. And that brings me to the next thing I was I wanted to discuss, which is at the time Jones came or Jones was decided, there were lots of cases in the hopper. There were lots of GPS devices being placed on cars uh, as it was working its way up the system. So the courts had to address what on earth do we do about those cases? And what they decided is basically this. The, the Jones case was based on some novel, or at least what courts were calling novel reasoning, a, a departure maybe from the old trespass of property standards and cats. And therefore, they, they had to agree with Jones. They would say, well, look, you know, this is Jones has spoken. It is now a search under the Fourth Amendment. And in theory, that requires a warrant. Uh, and our case here didn't have a warrant. But I think our officers, the court would say in this case, uh, going back to like 2012, 2013-ish, uh, they had a good faith reliance on the law in it prior to Jones. And this is the point I wanted to make out of all this. If the court, Just because there's a Fourth Amendment violation, there is not necessarily a constitutional right to have the evidence thrown out. So let's go back. It probably should go back a step beyond that, which is if the, the courts have said, um, I think Wong's son is the case going back to like 68 or something like that. But the courts have said that... Um, as a proactive or prophylactic measure, uh, if the Fourth Amendment, if the police violate the Fourth Amendment, the remedy is exclusion of the evidence at trial. So we're going to toss the evidence out. This is where, well, that guy won on a technicality because all the evidence was thrown out. Well, the technicality was the Fourth Amendment violation. But at any rate, the idea is we have to have some mechanism to lever enforcement measures on the government to prevent them from violating the Fourth Amendment. There's got to be a consequence, in other words. Uh, and the consequence uh, created by the U.S. Supreme Court is the exclusionary rule. If the police violate the Fourth Amendment, they throw the evidence out. Well, like everything else that has been watered down over the years to adapt to various circumstances. And one of the exceptions to the exclusionary rule is if the police are acting in good faith, if they make a mistake, say they pull over the wrong car, they 
Uh, they get a warrant for a GPS device for a blue Chevy Citation, and instead they stick it on a blue uh, Chevette. Uh, I don't, I don't know how I came up with those cars, but you get the point. Uh, and they did it in good faith by mistake. They didn't do it on purpose. They just screwed up. We've had cases where police get a warrant and uh, they search the wrong house or maybe the neighbor's house because one number is off. Um, courts have said that if they're doing that in good faith, if they're not purposely trying to violate the Fourth Amendment, it wouldn't be right to apply the exclusionary rule and throw out the evidence because uh, it's really not serving the intended purpose of the exclusionary rule, which is to uh, deter violations of the Fourth Amendment. Uh, agree or not, that's um, that's out there. That is the law. So when the police just in good faith make a mistake, they don't get a warrant. Um, like in uh, the Jones case, they didn't get a warrant because Jones was unexpected. Well, the courts were not throwing out every single bit of evidence obtained as a result of those GPSs in the wake of Jones. Now, however, it's been almost a decade later. Uh, if uh, there's going to be all sorts of litigation and jurisprudence, there's standard forms. You can even download them online, like federal GPS warrant forms. Uh, Everybody's sort of conformed to this and it's happening. So back to the original question, can the police get a uh, put a GPS on my car? Well, the answer is yes, um, but it is a search. And it generally speaking, because it's a search, it's going to require probable cause. And if it requires probable cause, generally speaking, it will require a warrant. There's going to be exceptions to that that I'm not going to go into. Um, and uh, like anything, there's nuances for each individual case. Let the common law do its job. That's why you hire good lawyers who know how to research this stuff and apply the law and find law that applies to your individual situation. So uh, that was a great question. I love it. Uh, thanks to Andrew for reaching out with that question. He submitted it again on lawyertalkpodcast.com. If you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have something you want to share or a topic you want us to discuss, whether it's me here on the Q&A or the whole team or the whole crew over at the roundtable, giving it a full, full-length podcast treatment, uh, just let us know. Submit your question right there on lawyertalkpodcast.com. If you have legal questions that uh, you need personal legal help on, well, I got you covered there too. OhioLegalDefense.com. That's my law firm, Yavich Palmer. Uh, I believe this is now my 26th year, if I'm doing the math correctly, representing folks charged with criminal activity or crimes. Uh, but beyond that, if you need a referral, if you need some help, if you just need some general stuff, general questions answered, uh, I can almost always help. I can't promise I'm Johnny on the spot every time somebody reaches out with a question because I invite these questions. I get a lot of them, but I do my best to get back to folks either uh, by telephone or email, uh, and uh, and I'll do the same for you. So uh, check out the podcast, lawyertalkpodcast.com. Check out the website, ohiolegaldefense.com. Submit questions. Uh, listen up, subscribe, like, do whatever you're supposed to do on these types of things. And until next time, this is Lawyer Talk Q&A off the record, but on the air, at least until now.